Praise the Lord, everyone. It's Chris speaking, your host for the Everyday Apostolics podcast. I do hope that you've had a wonderful week since the last, Darren, of the last podcast episode. But in saying that, I hope everything is A-OK. But listen, uh, for this week's episode, we've got Nanise uh, Kambukoro, all the way from in the nation of Nauru. But of course, she was part of the church in Fiji, especially with the First International Church. But this episode is probably something wonderful to me because... There's no UPC church in the Church of Nauru as of yet. But to hear um, Nani Se's story, especially her journey from, you know, being raised in a big household in the islands of Fiji and also fulfilling, you know, her education, you know, her uh, education goals uh, from schooling in New Zealand, of course, schooling in Fiji, New Zealand, and then, you know, um, partaking um, university studies and also the first Fijian woman of indigenous, of indigenous descent. Uh, to get a master's degree in mechanical engineering. But on top of that, she shares her story about, especially in the fields in uh, Nauru. And as I said, again, there's no church, there's no UPC church out there in Nauru. So to have someone such as Nanise um, handing out tracks and trying to do her part um, will go a long way. But in saying that, enough of me speaking. I do hope that you enjoy this episode of the next um, of the Everyday Apostolics podcast. But on top of that as well, I just want to say thank you to all those that are, you know, that have been rating the show. I, I really appreciate it. I'm not in rating, but leaving some reviews. I got some two reviews, so uh, it means a lot. Um, it means a lot to see that. But I just hope that I'll just keep on delivering, and hopefully those that are listening will put up their hand to go on the podcast where the everyday apostolic will share their story for God's glory. But without further ado, here's Nani Sekamkoro giving her story. And sharing a journey. Take care. God bless. Hello. Hello. What's the love? How are you? Thanks. And yourself? <laughs> I'm I'm well. I'm very well. But I to say uh, welcome, welcome to the podcast. It's an honor and privilege uh, for you to be on this podcast. But uh, adding more to that, sis, you're the first overseas overseas guest we have on this podcast. So <laughs> you have the bragging rights oh, to that. Wow. Oh wow! <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so it's it's wonderful that you've um, been able to join, especially in the nation of Nauru, and we'll get onto that. Uh, further on down this podcast but in saying that uh probably coming up about uh, 10 years or at least a decade or so but um it's wonderful to see how far you've come especially not in church but also i'm um, outside of the church as well which is uh wonderful to see and uh, wonderful to know as well especially with the display of photos that you post on facebook <laughs> you have the form of uh, social media Amen. Well, um, all credit goes to God. <laughs> do amen, to amen. Fire. Praise the Lord. Man. So without further ado, uh, it's, we just want to welcome you. And I'm um, saying that is, uh, since you kick off this podcast, and I just want to give this time and moment to you. So um, your upbringing, you know, your, your humble beginning started. Of course, you know, being from the islands of Aruba, do you have a story to tell? And we would like to hear it. So I'm going to give this time and moment to you, Nanise. Take it away, sis. All right. Um, thank you very much, uh, Brother Cruz. So as uh, Brother Cruz has mentioned, yes, my name is Nanise Domanatani Kambakoro. Uh, my close friends call me Nancy, but I go with Nanise. Um, so upbringing, I was um, born and raised in Fiji. Um, primary school and secondary school in Fiji um, and then towards the final two years of high school um, the coup happened in Fiji so my parents decided um, to send me to New Zealand to further my studies so I did two years um, as an international student and I was based in um, Hamilton then after two years, then I returned to Fiji to join my parents where I did um, my undergrad studies or university at the Fiji National University. 
and then then went on straight to uh, the workforce. Uh, But for family background, I'm the youngest of six siblings. That's five five girls and one boy. Priscilla, Brother Cruz. That's okay. That's okay. We must have broken off. Of the, my, of course, being in a being far away. Of course, um, probably over here is on Sydney. So due to been having a lot of rain, so in our third week of having uh, constant rain here. But um, well, let's continue on. Let's uh, let's continue when you left off. So I believe you are in a family of six. So you're yes. in a family of six, which is a pretty big family, and you're the youngest one. Yes. Yes, I'm the youngest of uh, six siblings, so five yes. girls, and um, yeah, so there's nothing probably that I would face in the um, in the engineering field that I probably haven't <laughs> um, encountered first at home. You know, it's taught yep. me to have thick skin, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, when you grow up in the islands, it's. Um, it's like a do or die in the household of that many kids. <laughs> oh, oh, man, 100%, 100%. I can, uh, I can sort of relate that, especially since, you know, of course, not just BGNs, but Islanders in general, when you have a big family and, you know, when you're fighting, fighting over food or fighting over things <laughs> or, you know, debating. So it's like, yeah, it develops your skin to become thick like an alligator. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've, been uh, privileged to have been uh, been um, brought up in this truth and um, uh, my parents were saved by the time I was born and um, I can really say that um, that it was the upbringing and the the teachings of my parents that have really um, grounded me in this faith. Mm, amen, amen. So, technically, technically, you say so you're actually born in the church. Born in the church. Yes. Oh, amen. So, since you know, born in a, so you're born in the church. So, of course, you're of course dedicated as a young baby, and then mm. going through Sunday school, and you know, going through youth, and you know, of course, eventually becoming a youth leader. Uh, one of the youth yeah. leader, or one of the youth leaders, I presume. Yes, I um, was one of the youth leaders for First International Youth back in Fiji for um, two years. Yep. Yeah. Then Wonderful. I handed over. Yep, and you had, sorry, you handed <clears throat> it over to. Then I handed over to um, uh, Brother Navi. So okay. then I was his assistant. Um, uh, then it was handed over to another brother who's now taking the youth now, Brother Tui. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just because I uh, had um, uh, my work work uh, was very demanding, and there was a lot mm-hmm. of times I was out of the like out of Suva over the Friday nights, and I felt that I wasn't really giving hundred um, percent of my time for the youth, which was um, so back in Fiji. Uh, our youth programs was every Friday night, so it really um, wasn't fair to the youth if I was missing on the Friday nights. We had something, to, you know, um, a program. So yeah, I felt that it was ready for. It was time to hand over to uh, the next um, youth to take over. Wonderful! It's wonderful to hear now. It's wonderful to see that you know, of course, you know, you want leadership and. And what I like about what you just mentioned is that you are very honest with yourself, especially in regards to work and, you know, the demand of being an engineer and then realize, you know, it's not, it's not going to, it's not wise that I'd be, you know, so much focused on, you know, my work and then, you know, not, you know, not focus on my leadership with youth, but like there were other people within the youth leadership that were, you know, that could continue on where, where you left off. Amen. Yes, definitely. Uh, the youth uh, back in Fiji uh, that I was, uh, you know, so blessed to be a part of. We've everyone has just been raised from, you know, such a, from the Sunday school time to, you know, like take on leadership roles or take on roles of involvement in the church. Yeah. Yep. Um, coming through the years, so um, uh, handing over it was just a, like a natural thing to do for other youths to, you know, just step in, and I'm really grateful for that. 
Yeah. Amen. Amen. Nice. But um, going back to your time in New Zealand, so you mentioned that, of course, due to um, due to what was happening politically in the islands of Fiji back, of course, in 06, that your parents sent you to New Zealand in Hamilton. So, um, did you go to the church there over there in New Zealand by any chance? Uh, were you there in New Zealand? Yes. Um. So I attended the Hamilton uh, Church. It was um, Grace. It's Grace Fellowship church yep. that's based in uh, Hamilton and the the pastor the senior pastor of the church was the late um pastor Eddington okay was, uh, yeah um that's um so they were the pastors of the Hamilton church and um, I lived with a family that's um that was not in the same faith as us but I'm grateful that they gave the allowance for um the youth leaders of the the Pentecostal Church in Hamilton to come and uh, pick me up. So I was part of the uh, the van ministry, uh, the pickup ministry um, for the local church in Hamilton, and they'll pick us up in the van every Sunday, and then we'll pick up other youths um, whose parents were not in the church. And yeah, it was very fortunate to be attending a church um, there in Hamilton for the two years I was um, studying in New Zealand. Also mentioned as well, Nani. So, what was it like for you, like you know, as a young, you know, as a young person, especially during your schooling days, um, going straight from Fiji you know, to a place like New Zealand? Uh, was it your first time actually going overseas? Um, you know, um, not only just for holiday, but you're going for a long period of time. You know, two years is a long time, um, especially going for studies, but also being away with family. What was it like for you, you know, being in the land or in, in another nation such as New Zealand when you landed? Um. Uh, my first uh, thought was like freedom. <laughs> <I'm getting... laughs> okay, <laughs> you know, like um, you know, you even you grow up in a household where y- you are told to do this, do that, and I was thinking to myself, yes, uh, the world's my oyster. But then you know, I, I was um, not put in a boarding school. I was put with a um, another family, so uh, I became the eldest in that family, like the eldest sibling. So it took a, 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 took a, a, a little adjusting, not only to the family setting or the family life in New Zealand, but also to the weather. And oh, uh, Hamilton, yeah, and then Hamilton, it has the Waikato River running right through the town or the, the city. So... Um, going to school and then having to catch a bus, which was like it took an hour to get to school on the public transport because I didn't know how to drive and I didn't know how to ride the bicycle. Hello, Nanise? Yes. Well, I think. Let's continue on, sis. Don't worry. Um... Those who be listening, um, bear in mind, do apologize, of course, due to communication um, uh, communication difficulties. We'll, we'll find a way to add, um, keep on editing. But continue on, see, so you didn't know how to drive and you didn't know how to ride the bicycle. You see it. So, and it took you an hour to, to drive, I mean, not to drive, to go by public transport. So going by public transport, you know, going on the buses. Now, of course, in Fiji, for those that do not know, or Mendo, there are no windows on the buses. There's, a, in the words of uh, Brother Van, before there's 40, 40 uh, air-conditioned vents all open. But um, <laughs> what was it like going in the bus, you know, such as New Zealand knowing, oh, you know, it's different from Fiji, but still it's a bus ride. Um, yeah, it was good. Um, you know, you, there were instances where you had the whole city yourself, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, in Fiji, um, what it's like when you get on the bus, you could have up to three or four people in a two-seater, <laughs> yes, <laughs> just so that everyone gets to school. But um, yeah, it, it, that was my first experience of what life overseas was like. Um, I'd see um, many of those who were already working, you know, they get on the bus, they just get in the bus and they're just sitting there and then it looks like they had a lot on their mind and you know, I, and I'm sitting there in the bus, this young 17-year-old, straight from the islands, and just thinking, wow, I cannot wait to work. I cannot wait to, like, 
you know, getting to the workforce. <laughs> <laughs> amen, amen. So on top of this, well, sis, what does a have a you want to, you know, like I said, for example, you know, youth night or services in New Zealand when in the Grace Church and the Pastor Anton. Um, what differences did you see? You know, you're in New Zealand, of course, in Fiji, things are different. Um, you know, I've been there many times and seen the services and, you know, how things are orchestrated. How for yourself in New Zealand? Was it sort of similar or was it sort of different in a way where you tried to adjust to some certain things, um, especially when it came to services or youth nights? Um, for, well, for the, in the first instance, um, to get to youth, you get picked up. That was nice. <laughs> okay. Uh, Overseas, you know, overseas youth, uh, probably because we have to travel so far to get to youth. Well, we got picked up by the youth leader. We got dropped off, you know, in the islands. Youth starts at um, 7 p.m., you know. You're there by 7 p.m. and it starts. And it's a full-on service. We're all in church attire. And after the youth um, service, you know, there's a fellowship tea. And... Uh, I think one thing to adjust to when getting uh, moving overseas was as soon as the service finished, everybody loads again in the van and they go back home. And then, you know, fellowship, no fellowship. was short. <laughs> fellowship was short or, you know, yeah, it really made me miss the, the closeness of the, you know, um, church life in the islands. But uh, still... Um, very aware of um, the culture um, and life in, you know, overseas. So, yeah. It... <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> continue on, my sister. <laughs> continue on, continue on. Continue on. Brother Cruz, I... I think this is a sign. Maybe this podcast shouldn't be aired. <laughs> no, 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 it's okay. <laughs> no, you keep, you, you're doing well, sis. You're doing well. Oh. Just, just, it's just a connection. Just keep on sharing, sis. So, as you mentioned in regards to New Zealand, you know, the fellowship was, you know, you saw a difference in fellowship. You know, it's just in Fiji, or you fellowship till, you know, whenever the time or, you know, whenever the time seems suitable to go. But in New Zealand, Little fellowship, okay, let's all go home. Yes. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was, I think the fellowship for us, uh, for in New Zealand was in the youth van when we were dropping the, dropping the, the, the youth, um, you know, back home. So I guess that we had our fellowship to go <laughs> and not really have it there at the church. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, yes. um, moving on, Nani said, moving on. Um, what are the things? What are the things? Can you you know remember in regard to your upbringing, especially church-wise? Um, you know, youth nights or conferences. Um, you know, let's bring forth say conferences in Fiji. Um, you know, what was it like for you? You know, being in the conference in you know in Fiji. What did you? You know, what did you take, especially you know, over three nights, whether it be held in Suba or whether it be in Nandi or whether it be in the Vodafone Arena or whether it be in the mm -hmm. National Stadium? Uh, what things did you take out of conferences or what things can you remember? Well, um, definitely growing up in Fiji, one of, um, one of the things that really, that I couldn't wait to do when I was like growing up in the church was I couldn't, wait to reach the age where I could get involved. Okay. And, you know, uh, maybe I'm re-emphasizing, you know, being the youngest of six, mm. you're always, you know, you stay with the parents, you know, you wait, we'll go for youth, we'll come back. And, and I remember when I would wait up with my parents, waiting for my, like, older siblings to come back from youth and, like, when I hear about what they got to do at youth, you know, they had uh, visitation and when they had um, um, fellowship or uh, combined services, it really was exciting. And I was just thinking to myself, I can't wait to get involved. And when I reached that age where I could get involved and then when my parents are like, yeah, you can be part of youth, you can be involved in the you know, the local church. And then when I um, was able to be part of like, you know, the um, the district conference or anything in the general work, it really um, 
it really was like how I could, um, you know, I found it was like a ministry that I really loved being involved in. Part of is just that ministry of just being able to give back or be, a, um, you know, just being involved. Um, so my takeaway from the conference and the um, the conferences that was held was um, every time the word of God was being preached and then there would be altar service. And I remember seeing people, you know, pray with others at the altar call. And at times I would, I would be afraid, you know, when they call for people like, you know, if you have the Holy Ghost, come and lay your hands on someone. And for a long time, being a young person, I used to fear like, oh, if I, how about if I lay my hands and no one receives the Holy Ghost? Mm, and, okay. and that, and that really was, uh, it started, you know, like a barrier. So I'd be involved in every area of the conference where I could be involved. But when it came to the altar call, you know, services and where they call for, and they always encourage the young people to come and lay hands, especially with the Sunday school. Um, yeah, that was my, but I thank God that, you know, um, over time that, you know, I really just, when I stepped out in faith and I just like, no, if I want to be involved, it's every area that I could really, you know, get myself involved in, I'll do it. And I thank God that, you know, um, that when we move in and pray and, you know, when you really pray in faith you, you, and to see young kids, you know, receive the Holy Ghost at the conference, you know, it's just a different feeling, you know, and just, yeah, I, I thank God for for those moments, but yeah. Amen, amen, sister. Amen, sis. Um, what? You know, it's a good point that you brought out, you know, about waiting, you know, especially um, you're the youngest of six and you'd wait for your parents. What word of advice, you know, would you give to, you know, a person that is the youngest, you know, you may be just say 10 or 9, but you can't go to youth. Um, what word of advice would you give to them, you know, if you're in the classroom full of those people that are not youth yet, what word mm. or what word of advice or encouragement would you give it to them or if their parents are around with them? Mm. Um, I would say um, every every moment in my life when I felt that I was waiting for a long period, uh, I now see it as seasons. Mm. And, you know, we know about seasons. They don't always last forever you know there will be a time when there will be winter you know, and then there'll be a time the spring will come and um i'd say you know take this season that you're in uh, like you know your season of waiting is a time where you're uh, where god is preparing you for what is ahead of you um it's very easy for uh, when i was you know, in my teens that I just wanted time to go by very fast. <laughs> mm. And then now that I'm out of my 20s and I'm thinking, whoa, slow down time. But you know, like, <laughs> and um, yeah, I would say in this season of waiting, you know, just learn to trust in God. I know it, it's, you know, everyone says that, but it really does help when you wait on what God has for you and not try to rush ahead of your time because your time will come. And, and when you have that time to be used by God, you will be amazed at how much you're able to, you know, give of yourself because God had been preparing you for that time when he wanted to fulfill his will for you. So, yeah, I hope that helps. <laughs> Amen. No, see that, man, you could have just kept on going. That's wonderful. It's wonderful that you mentioned about seasons, because you know we live in a, we live in a generational, you know, generational. We live in a time where everything's fast, you know, fast food, fast cars, you know, fast mm. everything. And just as you mentioned about you know, just waiting, you know, because the seasons that we go through is a way of preparing us for greater things there that God has already destined for us. But it's all about being patient and just mm. waiting and being knowing that those you know the time will come. But it's just about you know, just just waiting and just, you know, trusting the Lord. So wonderful to hear that Nani said. Awesome stuff, sis. Mm -hmm. But um in saying that as well, sis, look, you're based in Nauru. You know, you've come from, you know, being reported in Fiji, 
you know, attending church, you know, youth nights or services, conferences. Then your two years in New Zealand where youth fellowshipping was, you know, it was different compared to back home in Fiji. And, you know, now you're in nations such as Nauru, but also on top of that, God has blessed you with other trips as well. I remember meeting you here with the crew back in 2016 when you attended yeah. your, your first turning point in Sydney, yeah. Australia. Yes. And then also on top of that as well, I think it was a year later or a couple of years later, you went to Israel. Yes, I did. So it's, it's wonderful to see that the blessings of God just, you know, opening doors in your life and going to places such as the, you know, such as Israel, such as Australia. Being in Australia, sis, um, what did you, what other things did you see? Of course, you mentioned about fellowshipping in, in New Zealand, about youth fellowship, but how about, in, how about in Australia? Of course, there's a huge, there's a large Fijian community here based in Sydney, Australia. And of course, you got the opportunity to stay with some of the brethren, I believe, from the Pentecostals of Sydney. Um, what things did you take out of the trip um, here in Sydney, Australia? Um, from the 2016 and the 2018 trip for the uh, Turning Point Conference, I um, I learned all. Like I came to appreciate the church family. Uh, well, I've always appreciated them uh, back in my local church. And not only that, like um, for the families there in Sydney, even though we're not related by blood, but uh, being part of the family of God, everyone just, you know, like uh, welcomed us with open arms and was just so loving and just, um, you know, very hospitable uh, for the, for the, towards the team that came from Fiji. And, you know, we got to do, um, got to be part of the, the attend the conference, attend the teaching sessions that they had throughout the day. Uh, we even was um, treated to, you know, lunch with the, the speakers and uh, it was really encouraging and uh, really was, you know, you really feel the love and the unity amongst the brethren. So even though, you know, you're somewhere, you were Fiji, Australia, New Zealand, um, being all under, you know, this um, this banner of like, you know, being born again and baptized into the faith, like really that makes us one. And uh, it was encouraging to not only um, see it, but feel it, feel the love. Um, with uh, coming to Australia, yeah, I had the privilege of also, you know, returning to Australia to, to study. So, um Having made the connection in the previous years, it was um, really nice to be able to uh, to return to Australia and you know um, fellowship again with the saints. Amen. So, I'm, I'm going to ask you this one, Sister Nani said. How about when it yeah. came to the variety of food? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I have to ask you from, you know, from the island, you know. Of course, back in Fiji, there's no such thing. You know, there's one, only what couple McDonald's, one in Nandi. <laughs> and one in uh, Lavala Bay, which is around, you know, the Suva area. And, of yeah. course, there used to be a KFC in downtown Suva, but I heard it got burnt down. And then, you know, there's no <laughs> other um, Middle Eastern or any of this. How about when you came to, you know, you got to be honest now, be honest on this podcast. <laughs> when you came to Australia, especially, and you see all the, you know, probably having KFC every night or having fried chicken <laughs> or, or, you know, Lebanese food, Middle Eastern food. So, everyone, because you know, when it comes to fellowship, you know, we, we speak in the community, Fijian church, fellowship equals lots of food. Um, okay. Uh, is this being recorded? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, when it came to the, yeah, the, the food and the fellowship with the saints in Australia, yes, that definitely was a highlight of the trip. Um, so much the highlight of the trip that when we returned to Fiji, everyone was just saying that uh, the the group that went to Australia have returned uh, being filled spiritually and physically. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, there were some nights, uh, I remember one night there was a fellowship uh, uh, and it was the Fijians, um, the saints from the POS that visited and I remember that was probably the first time I saw at the table was like KFC, um, Domino's, 
<laughs> McDonald's, Subway, and um, uh, and then you had the crisp, Krispy Kreme donuts. Is yes, it? yes, yep, yep. And then we also had a cheesecake factory or oh, cheesecake. <laughs> and uh, to be honest, yeah, I had a taste of everything that was on the table. <laughs> <laughs> you probably said, man, the Lord is good. <laughs> but on top of that, sis, look, as, as much as we can be sarcastic or may, you know, laugh about the food and that, but it just shows as well, you know, the blessings of God, you know, God opening doors. You know, it's amazing that your parents, you know, your parents, you know, they gave their life, you know, they gave their life to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you came in when, you know, they're already established, you know, mm-hmm. and being the youngest of six and seeing that, you know, by being obedient and just trusting the Lord. That you know, the Lord has taken you these places, these places, and not on top of that as well. For those that may not know, that of course you're the first of, you know, the first native Fijian to get a master's <laughs> degree in um, engineering. That's from the University of Adelaide, correct? Yes. <laughs> so you know, to have those things put upon you, does it? You know, do you look back at it? And, you know, do you look back at it and say, you know, you're thankful that. You know, that you just, you trusted in the Lord, that you're patient, even though you're the youngest out of the six. And then you see now, wow, look where God has taken me. Look where God has led me. You know, look where the, the, the God has opened the doors. Now, now you're based in Nauru. Um, do you ever think upon those things, Nani say, or like, is there anything more that you can add to that in regards to that? Uh, definitely that I've seen the hand of God over my life, um, over the years. And I'm really grateful for those, um, for the uh, the blessing that has come with. And truly, there is blessing that comes with being obedient, um, not only to those in authority over you, but you know, being obedient to uh, the word of God and just you know, um, uh, just committing everything before God. I know I've I've. Co- I've always had this from my parents and I've seen it, how it has, um, what, um, for those who that have gone on before me, the young people in the church, when I've seen how they've um, just waited on God, I've seen like how God has blessed them. Uh, I've been privileged to have um, come from the same group, uh, youth group uh, from the likes of, uh, you know, Brother Martin, now Pastor Martin Lee, and, Amen. Uh, you know, sis, and I was, I, that's that's wonderful because <laughs> I was just about to mention that. You know, the group that you know your youth group itself. So, just as you mentioned, Pastor Martin now in Griffith, Brother Donu mm-hmm. in Western Australia. Um, I believe I uh, see your uh, one of your best friends is a sister. Is a sister Philip now in Nandi Church? Yes, and yeah. then, and then um. Pastor Nigel, Nigel Lali, who's now pastoring a church in uh, America. Minnesota, yes, in, uh, yes. in Minnesota, that was the same place where, unfortunately, where the George Floyd incident happened. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my, my um, area of knowledge is just within my Pacific region right now. That's okay. That's all good, sis. But, no, just some, um, yeah, look, many people that your youth can will come out of this, um, their, you know, their, their, their talents are being used elsewhere. Yeah, and um, I've seen through um, through their lives and how they waited on God. It really gave me that courage to to wait. And I know my years are catching up with me, but I thank God that He's um, training me for something maybe that's ahead of me. So I'm trusting in Him and He's timing, and that's. That's probably that's what's keeping me grounded, keeping me grounded is knowing that even though I do not know what tomorrow holds, but I'm grateful that, you know, I, I have a God or I know a God that knows what my tomorrow holds. So, yeah, that's comfort for me. Amen. Amen, sis. Amen. Because mm. as you mentioned, you don't know what your tomorrow holds, but you know who holds your tomorrow. Amen. Yes. Amen. Move on, look, moving on, sis. Um, what have you learned? Uh, what have you learned, you know, from your mo- first moments, you know, from, you know, being wrapped in, you know, you know, being carried by your mom and dad to where you are now based in the nation of Nauru, where there is no UPC churches of yet, 
what have you learned? Of course, you mentioned about being patient, you know, being, you know, just trusting God. But what other things have you learned? Um, you know, whether it be, you know, in other nations that you've attended services. Overall, what is the, you know, the, how can I say, three key things or five key things you have learned in, you know, being in church or stepping in church or being a part of church or being used in church? Amen. Um, wow. Um, things that I've learned from my journey till now where I'm at um, right now is um, um, that every word of God that I've ever heard or like preaching and teachings that I've, or, you know, I've taken the time to write out and pieces of paper and or books that I've I've brought with me when I came over to now, it really has been like my go-to during the time when I'm in a in a place where there's no um, UPCI um, church uh, establishment yet. So definitely the word of God, yeah. The word of God really um, has come alive for me, you know. Uh, many times I've heard people say, you know, the word of God is quick and powerful and is alive. And I've, on, I've only just, you know, been hearing about it, but to be here now and to be able to, you know, read the word of God and see it come alive or uh, have a deeper understanding of it, it's it really has been one of the, like, things that I'm learning here now. <laughs> when I'm on my own. Um, number two is definitely prayer. Prayer goes a long way. Um, when you're in an area where you have little to no fellowship because of either the network issues or... You network don't really issues, have... amen to that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, really having that time, you know, with God. Because when I tell my mother, like when I call home and I say like, um, nobody's picking up the phone when I call and, and then who am I supposed to talk to and then my mother goes you know you can pray talk to God and I was like oh okay <laughs> it's a sign I probably should go and pray but yes um, prayer the word of God prayer and um, and also um, the, you know the church family um I've been fortunate enough to have the connect group from the POS church, um, the Schofield, Schofield connect group. They have their Wednesday midweeks, uh, midweek um, connect services. And uh, when it was on Zoom, they've been um, connecting me in, or they've been sending me the link and I've been able to connect with them. Oh, even wow, though awesome. Have... Shout out, shout yeah. out to the Schofield's uh, connect group. Uh, probably yeah. knew a few, I know a few of the people there, uh, all the way out in the west. That's why that's wonderful. I, I didn't know about that, but it's good that they've connected you in a way, you know, all the way from Nauru to Scofields. Yes, um, the first few months when I came to Nauru, it was very difficult, and then um, during the time of the loss of my sister, having that fellowship with the saints, it really, you know, like it really helped me like you know, not really fall off the wagon because I kind of felt like I went through a phase but then I thank God that you know the church family even though we were not connected like you know physically present with each other but being able to hear the word of God being shared and having to hear the testimonies they shared and the constant encouragement that came from uh, Randini, Susie and uh, Pastor Tukeli was really encouraging so mm. yeah the word of god prayer and church um the church family really has um has been the maybe like the <laughs> the the church family yeah it has been like that three three chords that really has um you know kept me connected or feel connected with that you know if, uh, being literally you feeling like you're not connected to anyone, but that that really has kept me connected to the church. Amen, amen. And you said it's wonderful to see, uh, you know, especially being in a place such as Nauru. Um, it's well, of course, one of Australia's closest neighbors. 
you know, mm. um, you know, from a uh, political point of view, of course, we've got our detention. So I think we've still got a detention center over there that's still running. But um, on top of that as well, Nani said, you know, being in Nauru, um, you know, being in the part of, you know, a nation, you know, being going to nation, sorry, that you've seen, you know, there's UPC church in that nation. But, you know, going to a place like Nauru, of course, you're there for work purposes. But you think as well that, you know, God has also called not only just for you to go work there, but to do something, you know, for his kingdom uh, in any way or any manner, especially in the, um, in a nation such as Nauru? Um, yes. Um, so when I came, I actually did, it, did this thing. I brought some uh, X238 tracks with me from, from Fiji. And, yeah, oh, amen. Um, um, you know, I just packed it when I was thinking, you know, this is extra reading for me and then I can always, um, you know, brush up on my memory with, uh, you know, skills because I'll have the time to myself being on an island. And then um, last year, we had um, the house that I lived in, we had, you know, we have a security booth. And here, you know, on Sundays, they only play um, Christian there's only one radio station, so on Sundays they only play Christian songs the whole day. And I remember when, like, a few mornings, when a, a few Sundays when I woke up and I would hear from the security booth, he would be playing, um, you know, uh, loud on his radio, church songs. Mm. And their church songs, they can be like Fijian, Fijian hymns or... Uh, Nicole C. Marlin or, you know, the Hill song, you know, the early 2000s, you yep. know, that it was a wide range of Christian music. And um, so one day I decided, okay, I'm going to give this guy a track. And then when I gave the guy the track, um, <laughs> he when he was switching over his shifts, the shift changed. So when that guy left, the guy I gave the track to, he leaves, and then the next person who comes on to take the shift is actually a a minute uh, like there's a, I think there's a Presbyterian church on the island, and this okay. guy who's is a minister, and then here sitting inside their um, in their booth is um is a what's this um is the track of you know one God uh, the one God um, track, mm. and then and I'm thinking to myself. Oh, I never meant for the, you know, uh, the past to get the track. I was meaning the other security guard, you know, and the other security okay. guard. So now I'm thinking, oh, you know, like I, in a way, I was like, oh, what? Like, okay, all right, God, I've left it now. It's in your hands now. I thought I was going to just give it to that guy and if he had questions, <laughs> but it was, you know, received by one of the, so. Every now and then when I come out, you know, put the rubbish, I'd look over to the security booth and I'd see this man holding that one track. And and then I did tell them, if you have any questions, you can always ask me. Mm. And then um, one night when then the other guy who got this track, he comes back to his shift. And then the guys, I can hear them having the conversation about being born again. And then... I can hear them, you know, flipping through the Bible and the scriptures and they're like having this back and forth. And yeah, I was, I was just thinking to myself, okay, maybe I've started a conversation. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I didn't really get, uh, you know, they didn't come back to me and ask me questions, but they have reading material in their security booth and They've kept it in the security booth, so anyone who comes in, they're, they're always reading it. <laughs> so oh, I guess amen. That's, <laughs> that's a way. Yeah, amen, just... Sissi. Look, you might never know, you know. What you've just laid for is a seed. And, you know, you just mentioned that, you know, they're looking at the, <laughs> they're looking through their Bible and they're conversing, you know, about baptism, about things. So, you know, you, you've done, your, you know, by taking the first step, and it's amazing to see what has resulted in that. And it just shows that, you know, probably the Lord has got bigger plans for you than just doing a, your work in Nauru as a marine engineer, which is awesome to see point of view, but from a church point of view as well, to see that, you know, the Lord is using in a way or in a way that is comfortable for you. Yeah. 
Amen, amen, sis. Look, <laughs> moving on, that's moving on. Um, probably you already answered this, but I probably, if you want to call anything more to answer in regards to this question, what is your favorite thing about church? You know, of course, you mentioned church family, fellowship, um, how big the church family is, uh, you know, just meeting you know, other people. Uh, what are the things that, you know, what are the things that you enjoy about church? What are the things that you find that, you know, that really motivates you or inspires you or just really enjoys about, you know, going to church or being in church? Um, everything about uh, being at church is um, just, there's just a different atmosphere in, um, not so much in the church building, but being around church people, the 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 love or you know like the love that you feel from the church family sometimes um i don't know but sometimes people um, um feel more connected to their church family than actual you know blood relatives and um one thing that i noticed you know um studying the the time of study i did in new zealand time of study i did in australia time of study in fiji um you know one thing that is constant in these different, you know, countries, was that the love that you feel from the church family is, you know, um, is the same, and um, I think that's what really, um, you know, the 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 like they say, you know, first impressions are lasting impressions. Mm. Um, some of this, um, oh, you know, when I was in Australia, the first time I entered the church in Adelaide. Um, there's so many different, like different cultures there. Okay. The, you know, the church, the you know the church culture, the atmosphere. So uh, yeah, what is your favorite thing about church, sis? Yeah, uh, my favorite thing about the being part of the church or the the church family is definitely the love uh, that you feel from everyone. Uh, the the unity in the church. Um, being of one mind, you know, in in one body, it it really does make the difference with, uh, you know, with the different with uh, the different people that we will receive into the church. It just it's just that first step into it, like you know, um, uh, you feel a part of everyone. You know, I don't know how to explain it, but it's like how you feel when you're around people of like like mind and yeah I would say um I love the the unity the spirit of unity amen 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 well sister we're gonna we're gonna we need the end we need the end I do appreciate uh of course your patience and of course due to connectivity problems once again uh look we'll, we'll, you know we we think we will last it this long eh so Moving on, I'm, I'm going to do a scenario. So wherever you are, wherever you're in Nauru, um, just pretend there's five chairs or there's a table of five. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm going to ask you this. Choose five people from the Bible you would bring to your table or to where you're in Nauru and why. So whether it be the Old Testament or the New Testament, five people from the Bible you would bring and why would you bring them? Okay, um... All right. Um, so the five that I I've thought of this, and uh, it was very hard. <laughs> it's very hard to choose just five people, but based on where I'm at in life right now and how I'd like to hear from them or get their feedback, um, the first person I choose is Joseph. Okay. Joseph. Uh, second is Esther. Yep. Um, the third person, David. Mm-hmm. Um, then, still from the Old Testament, is Daniel. And then my fifth person will be Peter. Oh, okay. So, is there any specific <laughs> reason why you've chosen this five? Of course, you said, you know, to you know, go through your phases of life, maybe you choose this five. What other things can you put into perspective or share to uh, share the listener why you chose these five people? Um, to come to your table for dinner. Oh well, um, with Joseph, you know, um, with Joseph, you know, from a very young age, God had called him, and he started, you know, he had these dreams, and then 
when he had these dreams at first he did not understand it and neither did the people around him and and you know like his dream showed him like you know things that were you know very positive and like you know um uh would just give him that sense of like i'm going to amount to something you know and uh it's going to be great and this is what's going to become of me but then the thing that you know that uh he didn't realize is that before that dream comes to fulfillment there were you know um certain detours in his life that he would have to go through before he gets to that end mm. and not only was that dream you know even though he had the dream but that dream or that vision affected everyone around him you know like how he had to um like his dream was that he was going to be you know everyone was going to all his older brothers were going to come down and worship him or like you know they would um that he would be above them and then for him to be taken from his family and then be put in you know many many years down the line when he became second to pharaoh in egypt you know and how they had their reunion sorry i'm kind of like <laughs> when he had the reunion and then his brothers you know felt guilty for what they did but then you know because he's matured and then he's seen what god um had done for you know for the people to be saved you know for his what family lineage to be saved was because he needed to go there and um yeah some um i just want to be able to like ask him like were there moments like you felt like you're giving up or like did that dream was that dream always like a recurring dream where you always being reminded of it or mm. were you just like did you just have it that one time and then when you knew that once you became a slave it was not going to come back you know it was it was just a dream and that's it uh, so yeah I'm curious to know about that um with Esther is um yeah you know like the um the calling the the journey that she had to take in order to save her people you know like that's such a big ask on someone so young <laughs> you know i was i want to know like how did you handle that pressure with such poise and and calmness and mm. and still you know and in the midst of all like yo know, could you know like when they said that they brought in all all the beautiful women from around the country and then here the king was going to choose a new wife like you know um how do you feel you know how can you feel that like you stand up when you're around so many people like that's 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 what i'm you know curious to <laughs> to know yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> it's good invention because especially with um it's this famous you know that famous quote you know if i perish if i perish or if i die i die and it's yeah. uh, well and it's well known especially one part of Fiji where it's their saying where if i die i die and you know they all claim that Esther came from that area in Fiji but i don't say that <laughs> but it's it's, it's it's saying that it's uh, it's good that you elaborate on this and that and is there never you know especially the other people that you mentioned to come along would you want to expand further on why you chosen them oh and uh, yes um david uh you know he already knew that someone else was in position and then when you know that you're soon to be like you know taking over the position how do you handle knowing that you you're going to be someone great and then still being able to you know um uh, be under submission. Mm. Uh I think these five people that um that I'm inviting are more more like how I really admire how they held themselves especially being young yeah. and being called to be used by God that's you know being able to channel all that like greatness and all that calling at such a young age that's that's what uh, really um is kind of motivating and you know inspiring 
Amen. Oh. Amen. Amen. Sister Mother. That's that's wonderful to you. But sis, look, we've come to that time where we've reached the end, you know, and uh, I just want to say thank you so much. Thank you for so much for your value in your time. I know we've been cutting in and out, but all together, um but all combined all together we've had a good uh, we've had a good solid <laughs> session. But uh, praise God for connectivity, eh? But it's saying that sis, look, um I wanna give this final moment on to you before I finish. But once again, thank you. Um, once again, thank you and congratulations on the work that you're doing, um, especially, you know, being a marine engineer, the first uh, native Fijian to have a master's degree in that field. Also, on top of that, you know, you work in Nauru, and you know, even though there's no UPC church, but, you know, you're planting the seeds. Just as you mentioned, you're handing out tracks. You're handing out tracks to a security guard now, you know, on the base of trying to read and see scripture. So, you know, it's all about slowly, slowly seeing that, you know, one day in God's time that there'll be a UPC church based in Nauru. And we're looking, you know, we know that we'll see that in uh, God's timing. But on top of that, sister, I want to give this moment one more uh, one more time. A uh, word of encouragement you give to those that are listening, especially in the islands. Uh, we've got a, um, our top three. Fiji is one of the Fiji is one of the top three when it comes to those that are, are listening into the podcast for Everyday Apostolics. So what would be a word of encouragement that you give to those back home? And what are, what are, um, you know, what are the words you may give to those that are listening? And also, I'll, I'll give this time as well to you, you know, to do your shout-outs. So, you know, whether it be in Fiji or you, especially to, uh, I believe, your former pastor, uh, or probably still he's a pastor, I believe he's uh, the multi-ethnic um, superintendent, uh, Pastor Lavis Ovalawa. Yes. But in saying yes. that, sis, I give this to you as you conclude. Take it away, Sister Marcia. Um, thank you very much, uh, Brother Cruz. Um, so in closing, what I'd like to leave with our listeners, um, it's a scripture that uh, a very dear friend of mine had uh, shared with me um, over the years. And I thank God that uh, this scripture was actually... Um, was given to me as a reminder at that time my friend didn't know that when I was going through a time when I was questioning you know the will of God or questioning when will be my time you know and this scripture that this friend of mine would always you know out of the blue just quote this scripture over me and it was um, Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 3 uh, for the vision is yet for an appointed time but at the end it shall speak and not lie, though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. And um, the reason why I choose this scripture is, um, given that the time that we're living in, um, we're always looking for, you know, fast results, um, fast money, fast food, you know, just want to get to a place, you know, fast, you don't want to slow down. But um, what I'd like to say for the youths still coming up in the church or still um, learning to discover their ministry or where they'd like to involve themselves in is um, use this time just to wait on God. You know, when God opens the doors, he will um, bring, you know, your desires, being in his will into fulfillment. And I've seen that for my life and... I know that um, you can uh, achieve the the dreams that you have, whether it be in your career, in your education, or being in the ministry, as long as you just continue to bring it before God. And um, uh, if I was to say uh, thank you, um, over the years I've been blessed to have um, come across church families that have taken me into their um, to the assemblies um, when I was back in New Zealand it was the Grace Fellowship the Grace Fellowship um, Church in Hamilton uh, when I was studying in Australia for the last two years it was um, um, oh, uh, Lighthouse Gospel Lighthouse sorry Gospel Lighthouse Church in uh, Adelaide and I thank God for the lives of the 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 pastor pastor uh, 
Pastor Jeff Berendorf and uh, Sister Marina and the church family and uh, my my home church family back in Fiji um, under the leadership of Pastor Navi and Randini Julia. Um, I really have been uh, blessed to have been uh, raised by strong, um, uh, prayerful apostolic leaders who have just uh, been loving and encouraging throughout my journey as a young person. And... Uh, having that confidence in me to be able to um, move out and like, you know, leave my home church and be able to um, move into uh, like different area in my life. And I thank God for that. And thank you to Brother Cruz and uh, the brethren of uh, the Sydney, um, the church in Sydney, uh, Australia, for sending the box of Bibles to Nauru. From the 25 Bibles, um, we have managed to um, um, to give out. Um, so now I have like seven Bibles left with me. So that's the balance of the 25 that was sent. So oh, how's my maths? <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're slowly reaching the nation of Nauru. We continue to. Um, as for your prayers, um, I thank God that uh, even though we cannot all be in the mission field at the moment, but there's, we're reaching them uh, one at a time. So thank you very much, Brother Cruz. Thank you very much, Manisha. Thank you for those words. You take care now and may God move upon the nation of Nauru, especially during these times. You take care, sis. Thank you so much. Naka, naka. <laughs>